0: All I ever ask is keep it
1: more
0: than 92 with me, 100. L.A., crazy is honey. L.A., all I ever ask is 100. L.A., yeah, L.A., is 100. All I ever ask is 100.
1: That music really gets your heart pounding, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, all right, all right, all right.
1: Good. I, you know, I wonder if they wrote out the echoes in the lyrics when they made the song.
0: I'm pretty sure. It's because it wasn't yeah. an echo. They had to say it three times. You know? Dennis
1: Pop is all there like, no, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, everybody, to 100 Talk. After a great weekend of 100 Thieves LCS, as Chad is mentioning, yes, Jordan in 100p is back. Yes. Uh, we're doing this to illustrate the difference between AT&T Gigabit Fiber
0: mm-hmm.
1: and... The competitor.
0: Yeah. Uh, Xfinity. So here's, here's the deal. Lighting and capture, sponsored, and provided by Elgato. Amazing. Thank you. Let this be a lesson to all of you. If you don't have the provider to keep up with the capture equipment, this is what you look like. You look like an NFT. <laughs> and you don't want that. There is. We should do a, a, the hexagonal. Cut out around Oh yeah
1: You could do Yes That would be a cool <laughs> mask To put on you But
0: you could screen Unfortunately labs. I can only Or uh,
1: can only do squares As deck. far as I know In stream labs Oh Anyway I don't know Anyway We're here And some of us Have more peas Than the other mm. Uh, But we're here Nonetheless And we're Happy With how this weekend Went Just as we predicted Jordan and Hunter Thies Back On track <laughs> And as you mentioned, we uh, are grateful to Elgato for our capture equipment and our lighting. We're also powered by Rip It Energy Fuel. Yeah, yes. Get the sugar version if you can, but the sugar this free will do in a pinch. Do it like I'm this. I'm in a pinch. Yep. Yep. Um, You know, wh- one thing I was very pleased to see this weekend hmm. before we'd like totally jump into it, right? Yeah. Uh, is that... They brought back the Barry buff. Now, if you guys are wondering why 100 Thieves went 2-0, you probably saw the tweets of Barry, the pictures of Barry, the right. Build-A-Bear that was following them around. Mm-hmm. In solidarity, I give you my Barry. Oh, my gosh. Look at the buttons on that Barry. And he's got an Elgato because he's, he's sponsor-friendly. Yep. He's Steve-friendly. Naturally. And he... Oh, <laughs> Trust the Papa.
0: The most exclusive piece of apparel ever created, Cole, is that Barry jacket.
1: Turns out it's the Build-A-Bear denim Trust the Papa jacket.
0: (laughs) There is no other like it. (laughs) It is one of one, truly. That, wow. Well, I appreciate you linking up your Barry with the team's Barry to create the most... Divine 2 0 weekend opening weekend full <laughs> of all time. We got the dubs. Yeah. We got the dubs.
1: It was amazing and incredible. Well, <clears throat> speaking of the dubs, tonight we're going to talk extensively about the dubs. Now, the last time we spoke was actually two weeks ago because we got knocked out of lock in mm. super early. And so we, you know, didn't really have anything to say.
0: That's crazy cool. I forgot no all about that. To have watched. That's so weird. Uh,
1: that's so weird yeah. how the mind forgets what it doesn't want to remember. I
0: know. It's bizarre. Anyway.
1: But now, you know, we said there's a small sample size. Let's see. There's some things to maybe be concerned about. There's some things to maybe write off. 100 of Thieves wrote off a lot of stuff this weekend. We're still in a, uh, in a small sample size um, period, in a small sample size window here. But the games this week uh, provide us much material to discuss and to be happy about to be honest
0: so yeah Yeah.
1: let's start the show officially with team liquid Mm -hmm. jordan rate your nervousness on a scale of (laughs) one to the gif of the guy from airplane (laughs) flying trying to land the plane with the sweat pouring all over him
0: yeah um or or the key and peel gif just sweat dripping sure Yeah. yeah I would say, from that scale on one to airplane gif, I'd say I was big nervous, Cole. Big nervous for this weekend. Um, I mean, TL. Need I remind anyone? Lock-in
1: champion Lock-in TL.
0: champion. Back-to-back lock-in champions TL. <laughs> which doesn't really work, because the team's entirely different. But anyway, that's what they are. Uh, they looked good. I mean, they looked, they, they looked very convincing in their three over, over EG in the lock-in finals.
1: Yeah, they, they smashed EG by a bigger margin than I think we were expecting.
0: Yeah, than anyone expected. I mean, I think one person, one analyst picked TL to win. And it was Jat. Everybody just assumed that it was Jat, the homer. Turns out it was Jat, the, the galaxy brain, of course.
1: The knowledge man.
0: Yeah, the one who actually Jatt, knows. Jat, the one
1: who would have banned Viego. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, that Jat, same one, uh, picked the right winner. Who knew? Um, so yeah, TL's looking very good. I think they're a scary team across the board. Not quite their final form. They're waiting on that good government green card coming through. We've been there. We know how it feels. Um, But, you know, they are, by all measures, a contender for the strongest team in the LCS. So, uh, not ideally where we would have played them in the first round robin, you know, immediately after uh, being embarrassed, to use a player's word, against the But we did. We got them first, and it was a rematch. This, the good news is, it was a rematch of the 2021 Summer Finals, not a rematch <laughs> of the 2022 lock-in performance. So it was great to see us bounce back to that old form, because that worked out pretty well for us. Right, I'm gaining peace, back. too, I see as I go. This is feels, yeah. I feel...
1: It's it's like a meter, like you're like yeah. a fighting char- character, you have yeah. to like charge up with your takes.
0: Exactly. I hope the I more, get, get another good more, take, and maybe I can get The to, more
1: accuracy you have, like right. the more... P's yeah. you have and that's why i'm always just crystal clear <laughs> um okay where do you want to start with this one do you want to do you want to talk any draft um <clears throat> i i actually uh, like I, I wanted to yeah. bring up one pick myself so maybe we just start there since you know it's at the beginning
0: let's start at the beginning
1: um <clears throat> it was a weird draft because i thought like we did our job on the bands for instance banning zillion more on that later yes um and we were setting ourselves up, and we saved counter pick for someday, right? Mm-hmm. I guess, well, we, say, we protected his pick as long as possible. Yeah,
0: yep. We gave him counter. Um, we made sure we got him counter, picked him last.
1: No, they took, they took Renekton in the last slot, didn't they? <clears throat> they said, oh, no, no, he got, he did get countered. Yep. That's right, we were on red side. Sorry. Sorry, guys. It's been a long day. Uh, so, yeah, we saved counter pick for Sunday. Yeah. But the point, the point is... We had that advantage planned into what we were doing, and guess what? We took Orn, the champ that everybody likes to see someday on, yeah, at least those of us who are smart boys. (laughs) Uh, But look, there's been a huge call for carry champs for someday, Mm -hmm. and the people definitively did not get what they want out of this pick. That's right. But it definitively worked. Yeah. What What do we make of this? Is this any different than the past conversation we've had for the
0: past few years? I, I thought this was the perfect pick. Um, do you want me to elaborate?
1: I would, if you don't mind.
0: Okay. Whippo is good. Um, he's very good. He's wide. He is he's wide. wide and good and strong uh, in the top lane. They put him on Renekton, right? And that champion wants to get you, right? They want to get you and they want to make him strong. We saw what Fake God did to us with Renekton. Um, goodness knows what Wippo is capable of on a, a strong Renekton. So I think the Orn pick was brilliant because we know somebody can play it really well. I, wanna, I think there are a couple of things that we're going to have to start undoing. And the first one I would propose that we undo is this preconceived notion that that's, that's like a phone-it-in pick, right? Because it actually does a very, it provides a ton of value in a lot of different ways. Um, and I'm not going to be the first one to list them, but I'll just I'll highlight right now the fact that early Renekton had no luck and no fun in in the lane trying to beat someday, and he didn't. He didn't beat someday. He didn't farm someday. He didn't get kill gold. He didn't leave lane phase with much of anything going on. Um, and he could never he could never realize the one v one threat against someday that they needed him to. In the split lane, um, you know, when he was knocking on our inhibitor turret door, it was it was never a, a real concern and I think there, there's a couple reasons for that one, the pick, so credit to the the picker and two <laughs> the uh the player. I think somebody just played it really well, like I think he was smart, I think he played it controlled, he gave the demolition procs he didn't try to you know he didn't try to all in him or anything he just played it safe and and I, so for that reason, I think it was the, the right pick because I think WIPPO will take over a lot of games this season. I think he's, I think he, a lot of people had this criticism of Alfari, gets the early lead or the team plays to him, gets him the lead, and then he doesn't do anything with it. I don't think WIPPO, if anything uh, that we've seen is as a representation of how he will play this year, that is not going to be the case for Whippo, and he will win games single handedly. Um. So I think the fact that we kept him in check is actually huge, and I think it's largely in part to the uh, the Orn pick.
1: So well said. I mean, I'm very surprised because the peas of truth seem to disagree with you as your image has degraded. Mm. But I I think that this is very well laid out by you. Thank you. Um, first, you know, all the stuff about Wipo sure. Um, I'm not one to give credit to an EU player quickly, but he surely deserves it. Um, on the other hand, the pick for us is just like, yeah, Someday knows what he's doing, piloting this champion uh, in a way that we really missed um, in certain scenarios. Right. And I think like Someday on Ornn has almost always been safe. You're never going to see him take over the game, but you're going to see him uh, do his job, soldier. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And that's what he did this yeah. weekend. So Absolutely. for the Someday on carries crowd, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I I think just someday on anything.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to address that crowd directly, and I just say, he had a job to do, and he did it really well. I mean, you you don't need multiple people to carry at the level that FBI carried in that game to win, and this game is proof of that, and by the way, if you have a player like FBI who is full build like 30 minutes into the game, and you can give him a a 6.5 item build, with your ornament, that's great too. That works. That works really well. And we saw it; it absolutely uh, popped off on a number of team fights. Like there are yeah. a couple of team fights where we had, and I'm jumping now. But <laughs> the Aethelius was hitting, and I think you know, yes, so when it's on, and you can make it even more on with uh, the the Orn. Great, and you get some good team fight engage too, and a frontline, right. Like there's a reason that Orn is constantly in the meta. He's just a super well rounded pick. We didn't need another carry threat in this game, and so we didn't pick him one. It just made yeah. perfect sense.
1: There's some mechanical things about the kit that add some benefits that, you know, you might not be super obvious at the start. Like, you know, we saw him cancel out what would have otherwise been a really, really good shockwave from Bjergsen yeah. um, to set up two, but he had his ulti coming through, right? So they couldn't approach because here's the knockup coming. Yep. So it was really cool how he he neutralized that with the pick. But also... I think, and we can use this as a point to transition about the game of the whole, I mean, I I think that we went into this game playing a very intentionally slow-measured game. Yeah. Um, to me, it felt like, okay, we're not going to freak out about anything. We're going to play on the more conservative side and trust ourselves, mm-hmm. and Oren fits into that, right? Because it's like you yeah. drag out the length of the game. Right, right ornaments like you mentioned coming through everybody's got like you know their mythic upgrades and everything it becomes really really hard to deal with and especially if you keep that gold lead even the gold lead interestingly enough in this game yeah. was basically about a thousand the entire time for yeah. tl like for most of the time and it just it didn't matter like the game was even until it suddenly was not you know, and, and it dropped off a cliff for them, and that's because of the scaling, a lot of which is due to the upgraded items coming from more I mean, I don't know if you saw like how quickly the health bars evaporated in the last fight. There was like definite yeah. change in how much damage was being dealt and again, ornaments. Yeah. They were slapping.
0: Yeah. They well, were the, other, sla- the other thing worth pointing out on that is I mean, at one point Whippo was oh three and one, I think, or maybe it's oh two and one, and it was the kill we had on him. We got a bounty for it because he had like four hundred CS. You know, he was just gobbling up every CS available in the sidelines. And um, so he had a lot of the gold on him. Like, you look at the overall gold, and they call this out on the the, the cast. This is not me being, like, really attuned into the details. But I think it's just worth it. What a mentioning. humble man. It's, uh, he had a lot of that gold difference in his own pocket. And if you have that gold difference just hitting its head against the wall in orn, you know, your team fight, your 4v4, which is, you know, essentially like the 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 side game at that point um, <laughs> is not in your favor, right? Like if you should we talk about that play? Yeah, I love that play. Yes, that was one of my favorite plays. That was one of my favorite plays of the season. Cole. You
1: you got a really long <laughs> split screen, right? Where <laughs> they were so the four v four was happening around Baron, mm-hmm. and in bot side outside of our base, there was like the longest one v one between top laners ever.
0: It was amazing, yeah.
1: and and actually. You watch that back. I mean, it's reconnected into Orn. Yeah, and someday was giving him the business <laughs> over a protracted length of yes. time. He's like, oh, 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 oh yeah. it's getting worse. Oh, it's getting worse. Just totally neutralized that yeah. play, right? That Which was, their was Hail Mary. basically, yeah, it was basically the only thing they had left at that point. Yeah. So that ended up being extremely important um, to secure the Baron to kind of just reverse. I wouldn't say reverse, but to, to kind of just prevent the flow of the game from. Favoring them, yeah, um, which again, very slow, very measured, very calm, as mentioned on the cast. It was weird how, how often they were talking about that, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I forget who it was that kept over and over just talking about like the you know the, the measured calmness of, yeah, I it was Kobe,
0: perhaps. I know and, he said it, well, at least okay, once. yeah,
1: yeah, and, and but that's honestly how it felt is like we were kind of zen about everything that was right. happening. in... We know how to deal with this. We're cool. Yeah. We're just waiting for the moment. And, and like I said, the moment came really quickly. It was, it was even, even, even. And then we had that fight like around um, Dragon Pit. Yep. I don't know if it was for Elder. I don't think it was actually, but um, there's a fight around Dragon Pit where all of a sudden it's like, oh, every auto is doing like half damage <laughs> and yep. everybody evaporates right. quickly. So yep. um, yeah, that's just called knowing the game plan. Yeah, and sticking to it. Yeah, which probably. is is something that you know we brought up that that happened in, in the games that we were successful in during lock. in. it seemed like teams couldn't push us off of what our plan was. So we seem to be very locked in on that side. Like maybe the idea of spring split is like we're gonna play the game more academically mm-hmm. instead of like with our hearts and passion, and then like later integrate the hearts and passion. Yeah. Uh, into it because you know these guys can do it like they've already got the the play with your heart part of it down you've got like closer and fbi they will uh yeah. destroy anybody so now it just seems like the focus is being very cool calm and calculated
0: yeah yeah they're, they're about like 15 different points i want to bring up but i feel like they're all they're all <laughs> kind of shorter points so i don't really know what, how we want to make our way through the rest of this game oh just put
1: them out there yeah
0: i mean i guess the I'll, I'll say one more thing about the orn pick and it's it's this i feel like one of the things i've learned over time is if if the pick works you should never you should never second guess it right so that's how i feel that's that's the summary of how i feel about someday on orn i think it it worked to perfection and the way you look at both of these these rosters like the both of the, the lineups. Um, the draft for both teams and they have a pretty similar idea about how the game should go. Right. It's front to back. It's pretty traditional. There's no, there's no iron mid. Like it's not, it's <laughs> not goofy. You know, like we're not, we're,
1: it's not C9. Is what it's like saying. we all,
0: we all, we, we, we stood on the stage while they, they were at their team house, but you know, like before draft, we all looked at each other and said like, this is, we're going to play league of legends. Right. And they're like, yes. And we said, okay, then let's draft some champions that everybody knows here. Um, so, I think in that sense we we just drafted a better version of this game and then we played that draft more effectively right and like there i've seen a lot of analysis so far about the top side how how tl is too inactive on the top side they should have played more towards whippo given his Renekton, given kind of that as a win condition um you know so i think that's that's a fair analysis i'm not I'm not going to try to dive into that too far just because, one, it's not our team, and two, I don't know enough about the game to do that effectively. Um, For sure. I'm with you. But I think that (laughs) what I do know is, you know, we had a team that is scaling and wins the front-to-back team fight later in the game, and they had a team that wins it earlier in the game. And so you look at how the game played out, right? They get the first two Drakes, and then we get the next four. And for me, that just feels like we were playing to our strengths, and where we knew we were going to be weaker, we gave them some ground, and then I thought it was amazing. We, we stopped losing objectives, basically, uh, after a certain point yeah. of the game, because we just had, our, we had our, our setup, and we played to it. So, you know, for me, that, that's one of the major takeaways, is it seemed like this is a really well-drilled thing, and this is standard league, right? Like, we talked about this in the past, how you if you can't beat a team at standard league, you shouldn't try. And it's kind of cool to see these two teams, which both, you know, both claim to be the strongest in the league playing standard league. Like that's, for me, that feels like one of the best measures of who is actually in a better spot right now. Cause it's not, it's not like the bongo comp, right? Like that's the <laughs> alternative to standard league where it's like, well, we're never going to beat them if we just like get into a boxing match. So let's do something weird. Um, looking at you FlyQuest. looking at you. <laughs> so I thought it was, you know, there's a lot of things that I liked about it, but I think one of the most important was that we, we, we played it intentionally We picked it You know in response to what they had going And then we executed which I think is exactly What you want to see at this point in the season
1: Yeah um, Special shout out By the way on executing because a- as I Mentioned before we banned out Zillion Yep now Other teams this split have Not banned out Zillion and faced The consequences <laughs> how much Do you hate Bjergsen Zillion Follow up question. How much relief did you experience when the band came through? It was their, let's see, it was our was it our last band? It was our fourth band. Yeah. So we left it, left it first round. I don't know. How are you <laughs> feeling about that?
0: Um I I have a ton of respect for Bjorksen personally. Like I, I view him as like
1: The GOAT? The goat Any?
0: Yeah. Kind of like Tom Brady, where it's like I've never been a fan of his teams, but I have a lot of respect for him because he does amazing things. Like I feel that way about Bjorksen. And he's had a lot of success against us, specifically in the past. He's given us a lot of trouble, especially with the Zillion. Yeah. Um, so I was, one, very relieved. I mean, it's, a, it's only a problem if, if we lose it and it's because we don't get to ban something else that ends up beating us, right? Like, it's our, our Bjergsen trauma that has got us to this place. <laughs> but I don't think that was... That didn't happen, obviously. Um, so yeah, very relieved. I, the, the, one of the craziest things to me about this game is that bjergsen was hitting his shock waves and it didn't matter did yeah. you did you notice that
1: yeah well like i said I, I saw one neutralized excellently by someday yeah and uh yeah they just didn't seem to like they didn't seem to have the opportunity for the follow-up because of how we were set up
0: yeah yeah and um you know he he, he was hitting some tanky champions as well like he didn't get and the he's like to he's like
1: better overall than i thought he would i yeah. honestly thought oh, it was yeah. like okay he's gonna come back he's gonna be super rusty <laughs>
0: yeah no he's still very no, good he's, pre- he's pretty really wrong there but
1: you know it, it was able to you know not not really be a factor in this game which is saying something when you have an oriana that finishes the game with 391 cs which mm-hmm. is you know under the 80 carries which at this point that was a long game so that's <laughs> understandable but
0: what was this? Certainly line was in position uh, for strong. He was
1: 1-2 two, and 2 with uh, 391 CS.
0: That's going to be so. one of his worst stat lines all year is my guess cuz I think he's going to have a really successful season. Like yeah. he still has it. That's his. probably true. Yeah. Probably true.
1: Um, one more thing on this game, you you actually mentioned the end of game cam, so I wanted yeah. to hear your piece on this.
0: Um I just thought it was super cool to see. You know, the I don't even uh, the emotion. The emotion And it it probably honestly goes without saying. There's no question that the team is passionate. They get fired up. They want to win. They feel personally called out when, you know, when I'm sure they heard all the chatter after lock-in, the embarrassment, all that stuff. But you could tell how much this win meant to them. Um, Because it's a big game. Like, this is a huge game. It's the first game of the season. So I don't want to lose sight of the fact that if you lose this game, I mean, that can have kind of a, that can be a rain cloud over you for the next, I don't know, weeks. Right. You have split. to work through. It could be the whole split. <laughs> Go on. It
1: could throw off the mental for the split. But yeah, yeah they were, they were charged up, man. Closer yeah. was charged up. FBI was charged up. Yep. And the game cams, man, they were, they were feeling it for sure.
0: And those two should have been because they absolutely popped off. Um, yeah. That was good to see.
1: And, and, you know, we've definitively know how closer is like the heart of the team now. You know, he's, he's really like the, the engine, the emotion behind everything. Yep. Um, and I want to see my, my leader like that, you know, showing the fire and he definitely is some, someday, you know, is, is kind of like the splinter, right? He's like the wise old man, (laughs) um, and reliable and, and never going to make a mistake kind of guy. But you know, you, you gotta have someone like closer on your team, man, to shine and, and just to have that passion. So yeah, I really have grown to appreciate closer. I think he's a monster. And uh, I'm happy to have that kind of that kind of leader.
0: Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you, you look at those things, and this team feels like I'm reminded of how much of an advantage that can be when they're clicking, right? And they're, mm-hmm. you know, clear. It's clear that they they all know each other well, and they play together well. Which, when you have a team like TL, it's going to take time for them to kind of form that bond and get used to each other. So it will be. Yeah, it's advantage. been
1: quite. It's been quite some time since we've questioned like the chemistry of the team
0: right you know yeah
1: and that's a good feeling
0: um I just want to make sure because if you're listening to the pod you might have wondered if we forgot that we had Abadog on the team because we didn't talk about <laughs> him at all I assume we're going to talk about that at some other point in time Cole and I'll leave it for them. yeah
1: Abadog is going to be one of the main topics of the pod once we get through the game so okay <clears throat> yeah we'll we'll talk more about him um one last. I, I ran. Uh, let's tease it. Let's just tease it. Yeah. I ran a Twitter poll today mm-hmm. to see how everybody was feeling about his performance. I said, you know, uh, rate his performance this weekend as good, neutral or bad. All right. I will reveal the results later on in the podcast. First, a message from our sponsors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then I have to do that thing where I jump in and say one more thing about this game. Um, yeah, that's right. And, and for me, it was, it was... And the way I put it in the notes is the return of close TM. Because, man, <laughs> some of these fights, it's like... I, I think the caster called one of our players dead before, you know, like before they died, and then they didn't die. like three, It seemed like three or four different times. And it might have been spread across the, both of our games for the weekend. But we just have this uncanny knack, and I can't exactly explain it, of not dying. At, at times when you think we probably yeah. should, um... And that makes a huge difference. It's so, and it feels like the most obvious thing. It's it's a wow! Imagine that. It's a big thing to not die in League of Legends. It's a pretty crazy uh, bit of insight. But it's it's honestly like it's like just this extra gear we have in these team fights that make us outlast a lot of these teams. It's either like a perfectly timed stopwatch or a bit of CC at the right moment to save somebody's life, or you know, FBI completely hundred to zeroing somebody like. It's something yeah,
1: at exactly the right time, yeah. like coming out of Azonia's or something, <laughs> right. you know.
0: Right. So, it's, like, oh, if they don't kill him right away, we're dead. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it makes for some of the most exciting and also like uh, you know, blood pressure rising fights. But we we've done it enough not enough times now that I'm ready to say that it's not just us getting lucky because there's no team that's as lucky as that consistently yeah. over time as many times as we have, and I think we just know our limits really well.
1: Amen, brother. All right, let's talk about CLG.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One thing about CLG <clears throat> is that they have emerged as like a eminently likable team. Yeah, um, this Which offseason
0: wouldn't expect with, that.
1: With yeah, CLG kind of went nuclear <laughs> at the end of last year. Yeah, but now maybe due to the fact that they have three ex-thieves, uh, they're very likable. Luger and Poom is something that you know mm. I'm always going to be interested in watching. Yep, very fond memories. I wish in some way they could play with us, but not on a 10 man roster or anything like that. Papa (laughs) Smithy. (laughs) Uh, But I, you know, I, I think, I think they are very good and they're going to only get better. Right. Um, And then we have contracts who, you know, had that great comeback story for us. Um, Unfortunately, you know, hasn't really looked as strong, but you cannot help but root for the guy. Yeah. Um, So I think I tweeted, you know, it's, it's never fun to beat up on, the old guys, you know, because yeah, yeah. I really want them to succeed. Um, but CLG, man, I, I hope I hope they do well. And I, I'm gonna—they're gonna be like the second team I'm rooting for this split, as long as they yeah. keep these guys on the on the roster. We'll see what kind of reality that is for contracts. I think he's having in particular a, a rough time, but we'll see. Yep. Um. But yeah. So so CLG game was. Called on the broadcast by someone's tweet as over in twenty five minutes, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they revisited that because you know wasn't that wrong of a prediction. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> did you feel that, that? Did you come to the same conclusion coming out of draft that I was like, okay, this is an easy win for us?
0: I mean, no, not coming out of draft. I think that um, I think that this CLG squad is just they're undoubtedly more likable, more interesting. It's a it's a cooler storyline. The team seems more dynamic, and a little bit more charisma. Um but they're 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 not on the same level as us and it's that's clear now, right? Um so I didn't I didn't assume that we were going to smash them. But you kind of I mean you look at it and you kind of you expect this to be the outcome, right? It's yeah. It's a number of players who were on our academy in the past if they beat us it would be indicative of a much greater problem in our program i think then you know like if you if you sell players and then lose to them then that's not a great sign
1: <laughs> that's not what you want that's yeah.
0: not what you want so so you know i didn't i didn't go into this assuming that this was going to be an absolute stomp um nor to your earlier point did i really want it to be because <laughs> You know, I, I want these guys to have success and to look as good as they can. I want them to be everybody else basically in the league but us. Uh, mm-hmm. but it, it's clear. It was just they're the players are on a different level, and that's to be expected.
1: Yeah. Um, in chat, Crockpot was saying from how much hype Cole gave Luger and Poom, I was a bit nervous. <laughs> but, then like five minutes in, I was already bot div. I mean, look, I yes, I will hype up Poom and Luger. And I look. will continue to do so, but remember how much hype I've given our own bot lane. Yeah. I told you. They're best in the LCS and they hung in at Worlds too. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're just excellent. When who he has the right meta for him, they are absolutely excellent. And they proved it this weekend. Yeah. I mean, FBI, player of the week. Uh, did he, he went the whole
0: what, LCS.
1: Yeah, he did. He was he was what was he? 16 1 and 16 KDA, I think. Insane that one. By my count. So yeah, pretty good. Yeah, sandwich confirmed pretty good on Philios and Jin. And Jin by the way, 17% win rate at the time we picked him. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I noted that from the broadcast. I was like, "Wow. Oh, 17%?"
0: Yeah. The way he really? plays Jin is crazy too cuz he does play a more supportive Jin, you know? He like, does. He uses the R to pick his shots in a team fight, put damage on, apply slow. Um so it's not necessarily a champ you expect like There's a good chunk of that game where he didn't have an absolutely outlandish stat line because he was just setting people up. He had more of a support stat line, I think, if I'm not mistaken. It was like a one-one and seven. And then he started to actually get, you know, his power spike and he was popping people. Um. But I love his gin. it looks good. It it still it looks looks great. Yeah.
1: And uh it rose the the win rate at least a little bit. Yeah. Uh doing his part. and, And and when we're on the subject of carries again, closer. So I think we're to the point where teams are not going to be able to let Zinjao th- through for closer. <laughs> like he, he looked more threatening on Zinjao uh, than on Viego, yeah. like in lock-in, right? Yep. Um, his, his Zinjao is insane. I think that champ is just overtuned. I no. think he, the champ is just OP and has been for a while, High but present. especially when closers on it, man, he is, he is a beast, he is a hard to kill champ. It's a champ that does way too much damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then closer just is able to get in and, and rip um, people to shreds. But and the, he definitely showed that during this, this game.
0: I, I feel like this has already become his trademark play. The triple kill. You know?
1: Like, yeah. How many close <laughs> triple kills we're gonna get this year? I, would,
0: I hope that the, the stats department at LCS is tracking that. Like most triple <laughs> kills over the last two years, he's gotta be in the lead. There's nobody else. Every it seems like every team fight. And oftentimes the reason he ends up with a triple Is because two of the guys take the cue that he is pursuing the other three and just run. You know, it's like you don't have to be the fastest guy on the on the rift. You just have to be faster than the other three guys. You know, go the (laughs) different direction and make sure you get out alive. Because yeah, that's you know like that fight in the river. He got the triple, and the other guys had just hightailed it up back to mid lane and like you know survived so that they didn't (laughs) lose the whole map. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's just he's got he's got the killer instinct, dude. And uh, he's he just is, built
1: different shall we say
0: he is built different and he's maturing into such an impressive carry like it's it's consistent that he can be a carry threat um, I don't remember the last time I saw a game where he looked super flat you know yeah and, and I know I know there are those games it's probably around the time that we were slumping at the end of the last split um, and I know not forgetting lock-in but I thought even in lock-in like he still looked dangerous at most of the time so that's just that's in his DNA, dude. He is he is a carry player, and I think it's really cool that Reaper has positioned him that way. Um, you know, so that basically, like, think about his J- his J four game, the last champion I thought we'd get a pop off from him on, and he he did. So yeah. like, what can't he do is my question.
1: Right, and I I think like it's pretty clear that the team DNA is built around carry bot and carry jungle. Now, yeah, yep. <clears throat> they're going to be picking for that Abadaga um played carry in spots for us last split. Yeah. But I think we're firmly in territory where it's like, all right, our best selves are when, you know, we've got closer carry and FBI carry.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So uh and I and shout out to John Robinson by the way, who in, in chat, you know, pointed that out. Um I think he called it the best two hardest carries in the LCS is what he said. Um and I I love that. I I think like well, yeah, it, it, like th- when Closer and FBI both have a good game, hmm. it's going to be virtually impossible to beat us. I, it's it's just hard to picture how you win if both of them are.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's what it comes down to, right? Like there are some players who are that much ahead of the competition, but knowing that that is going to likely be our plan doesn't matter because yeah. you can't stop them, right? You can you can uh, attempt to play, and I think this is actually to I won't go too far back, but the TL game, right? I saw some people, so I was watching Mark a little bit earlier doing the blame game. He was doing a, a quick look at it in depth. And he was just saying, like, hey, I think the reason they weren't spending a lot of time trying to get Renek- Renekton ahead is because they were actually focusing quite a lot on bot and FBI and who he were just playing it smart, very respectfully. They weren't shoving wave because they knew that it was that's where the attention was, right? Yeah. So they didn't give them the opportunity to get ahead. And then we saw that same thing we typically do, which is like, you know, 14 minutes, you just pan observer pans at the bot lane and FBI's farming plates. He's got like four, you know, and that it's like if I ever see that in a game, it's over. The game is over. FBI <laughs> does not give up that kind of lead. If you give him that, and this is my point, you can know that he's going to do that. You can see him on felios and you can try to play your game around the bot lane. And unless, I mean, it's been successful like during lock and I think they did a pretty good job neutralizing the bot lane. That's probably the reason we did very well. Um, but I think we learned a lot from the bot lane. We learned that you have to play more respectfully, um, and I think we saw that this weekend. They they bided their time. They didn't go for the crazy crash, calling a TP, calling jungler. Let's get three kills. They just farmed. They you know they were mindful of their lane, and then they they left with enough power to win the game. So, um, I think the 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 carry. This will be my last thought on this. The carry conversation for me, like in the past, you always talk about. It. Can we see someday on carries? Are we going to see have a dog on carries? Um, that becomes more important if it's less clear that you have reliable carries in different. Pitches, yeah. Right. If it's like, well, who's going to step up this week? Who's going to deliver us the win? And I think that, like you said, it's it's pretty clear that that jungle and ADC can do that for us on any given game. We haven't seen people able to stop them yet. Um, and I think until somebody proves that they can. It's it's in our best interest to continue playing through them, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of like you know, it, do you remember like in Warzone you play and then someone gets the Juggernaut drop, yeah. and then it's basically like, oh, the Juggernaut chose you, so <laughs> game over, right? <laughs> right. You right. know what I mean? It's like, well, nothing I can do. Yeah. The Juggernaut's <laughs> coming after me, and that's kind of like, <laughs> you've been chosen. What's what's going on with our bot lane? It's right, like, oh, right. thieves are playing bot lane focus, and turret blade's coming down. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> you know?
0: Right. So, right.
1: Uh, you, you, you had something in here about Abadaga, but I didn't know what it is. Cause I, I don't know where you're going with it. So yeah, please allow me, you know, you can you can toss it out. I'll give you some, some thoughts on Abadaga and then.
0: All right. I'll, I'll, uh, this will be the first, our first steps in this conversation and you stop me wherever you want. So that I don't kind of get ahead of us, but okay. In this game, I just felt like, stop. All right. I'm just kidding. Let's keep going. to the Next topic. Uh, <gasps> I I got a, I got in more this game than the last game. I got a sense that what we're going to see more often is Abadaga as something, as setup, as you know, um kind of roaming pressure, as distraction. And and I think in this game as
1: split pusher?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like maybe
1: just we, not as carry, right?
0: Yeah. I don't think we're going to see him. I don't I mean, and I won't say we're not going to see him. I think we absolutely could. I think he's good enough. Why? like do we really need to have three out of the five positions that we can yeah. play through on any given game but here's what I thought he, he did in this game specifically there are a lot of plays on the uh he was on the uh Twisted Fate and he he was just he was distracting them he would he would use destiny and basically it's like he would do a late reposition in a fight so I was like hey suddenly don't forget I'm down here you know yeah. um like you guys are. It's like the to set mirror up. the mirror like lo- like icon yes. on the map is like yeah. oh yeah, okay totally. <laughs> there's it's val there's value in that, just like the nocturnal, right? like you turn off the lights yeah. or even the fear of having the lights turned off is an ability in his, in a way, so yeah, he didn't get a bunch of kills in this game. um he wasn't the carry, like he mm-hmm. didn't have the t f game where it's like well t f is gonna show up anywhere on the map and delete somebody instantly, so that's gonna be how they win. it was just he he was that flexibility for us and there were a couple of team fights specifically where he showed up he threw out a uh, he threw out the gold card he burned either the cleanse or a flash like in a, a very important cooldown early in a fight he messed up their positioning he disrupted their flow in a team fight he distracted the their carries right like jinx suddenly and uh and yeah. lulu are turned around they like now. split off yeah, yeah. uh huh so I think people are are far too quick to dismiss the value of that in a game. And just like the orn, right? If that's your job, then and and you don't end with the best stat line in the game, fine, you know, because we're gonna send you in to try to one v one two champions in the back line. Do we expect that you're gonna kill both of them? Like is that your job? Or is it just to get, you know, burn their cooldowns and distract them so that we can clean up the rest of the fight? And then cascade through, so to me it felt very much like the latter, where um, I thought he did a good job of that, you know, and I thought yeah. he he set up plays really well. He had the gold card ready, um, and then the rest of the, like he made it so that even he was racking up kills in that game.
1: Yeah, it it felt like <clears throat> felt like the the most often result of him using the ult was. A three and one kill trade in our favor with him being the one. Yes. Right. Is it that was bad? like, no, yeah, right. He yeah. softens up the backliners while we kill, you know, one or two, and then right. we clean up one or two of the backliners. Right. Yeah. And that seemed to be the result of his uh, Twisted Fate plays more often than not. Now, I think let's just do it. Let's just launch into our conversation about Abadaga since we're there. Oh, yeah. um, and because I, I think you're bringing up something that I'm, not sure that our listeners or hundred T fans at large really totally agree with us on mm-hmm. you and I seem to see, see, this the same way, but I maybe we're in the minority. So actually, as I mentioned, I did the poll on Twitter today. Um, rate Abidagas play on the whole weekend, good, neutral or bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And we had about 180 people who voted 59% rated him as neutral. Not good, but neutral. Okay. 39% rated him as good and 2% rated him as bad. Now, if you're one of those 2%, <laughs> not going to say anything other than you're wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. The neutral versus good thing, though, may be up to debate. And I honestly, I'm getting the feeling that like the f- people just don't understand like the framing of like how to evaluate his play because, you know, to me, people who would rate him as only neutral are looking for a carry performance, which yeah. w- he was not asked to do mm-hmm. now. Don't forget that we were the ones like, Hey, look at how bad Abadaga is playing in lock in. Like we were talking about that. Yeah. We were like, he does not look right. He does not look yeah. good. He's the weakest link right now. Something's up needs to be fixed. Like we were the first ones to point at him and be like, Hey, this isn't good but now he played pretty dang good this weekend. (laughs) Uh, I, I think like, you know, they mentioned on the cast during the TL game. Was it the TL game or actually it might've been the CLG. It was the CLG game. His flash away from the gank. Yeah. Um, how that ended up like probably being a huge deal. Like the game goes way differently if he doesn't flash at the right time and in the Right. right direction. Yep. Right. Um, He's not in control of whether or not they tried to gank him. Right. It's not. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like oh he burned his flash. Well, it's like well, okay. Well, that's because they showed up. Yeah. And then he got out of what was a super dangerous gank that could have changed the course of the game. Mm-hmm. That is a good play. That's not a neutral play. Right. That is a good play. Right. Um, and as we talk about like with the ults, it's like yeah, like you know he was killed more often than you know anybody else on our team, but he did it enabling us to you know, take over. So that's why I was kind of confused by some of the response. I mean, just, just reading some of these, um, I want to read this one from it's chase 26 on Twitter. Cause I think this was the hottest take. Well, honestly, like in the strict definition of hot versus cold, I think this is the coldest take, right? (laughs) It's chase 26 said with Abadagas performance in lock-in and this weekend, Jensen will be our starting mid laner by the end of the split.
0: That's not that long from now.
1: So, yeah, I mean, like I, and I, I love Andrew Chase, like dude, like having you here. I just can't see it your way. And I, I I DM'd him and I was kind of like, can you give me more on this? Cause like I, to me, he had a good weekend. Um, I just can't see how, I, I totally agree. Bad lock in from him. But I thought this weekend was legitimately good play. I'm not saying he was like the best player on our team. It's not saying he's the best mid laner out there this weekend, but I think he did exactly what we needed him to do. And I think I saw like one maybe major mistake from him where he got caught out, which you don't like to see, but you can't, to, to me, it's just like, I cannot rate that performance as neutral because he did what was asked. He set up a lot. He neutralized Bjergsen, largely. Yeah. Right? Like, what, what else do you want him to do? That's, that's what I'm confused about. And, like, a lot of people were still pointing out, like, mistakes. And, and, and still, like, again, is, what was it, 39% rated him. Or, I'm sorry, 59% rated him as neutral. Yeah. So, so more than half of 100T fans just would consider that performance, like, eh. It didn't lose us the game, but it wasn't any good.
0: Assuming that our sample is scientific representation. the thank you. Sure. Which I would say that. Sure. It probably,
1: it probably is pretty representative yeah. even though, you know, it's only 180 people, but I just, I think we need to maybe change our minds about what we think of as good play.
0: Yeah. Yes. I agree with you. 100%. And I think I have a suggestion on how to change your, your view of what good play is. Um, Reaper's job is to end the split with enough wins to place us in the best position possible. That's generally true for any split, any tournament, <laughs> any you know, anytime. Like his job is to get wins. Um, and typically, if he's winning, he's gonna keep his job. Kind of how it goes. His job is not to make any one player look good. Um, so. It's, it's not a concern. I mean, bring your attention back to the Karma days. It's not a concern for him if a player has a game where they, they, we win, which is what he's trying to do. And that player doesn't look as good as they could have if he put him on a different champion. Say. Um, because that would, that would, yeah, we might win. I'm not saying that that was the only way we could have won that game. But he got the job done, right? And so did the players. Right? They, they all did their job and they got the job done too. So I just think it's important. It doesn't matter if we only have four players who have pop-off stat lines because we won the game and there's never a question about it, right? So in my mind, mission accomplished. We got the job done. I'm less concerned with how, you know, the stat lines look at the end of the game. Um, assuming that people played well. And I think he played well. Uh, I think he did his job. So that, I think, is is the thing that I would propose we spend more time focusing on. Uh, because if the only measure you have for individual player success and contribution to the team is how hard they carry, you're going to be disappointed. And players that you shouldn't yeah. be disappointed in, right? And you're going to evaluate them less uh, favorably than they should be um, for contributing to a winning record.
1: Yeah, and and so I'm reading chat a lot more than I usually do in a podcast. We usually ignore it all together, but I, I wanted to bring up something because uh, JC101 said, I think it's a problem with the vote names. Neutral is too broad of a term. Some people may feel that neutral just means he did his job. Now, I specifically chose those words because I'm interested in how people think of the word good, and I gave neutral out there because uh, I could have said good or bad, right? I put neutral out there because I wanted to see what people would do with those two words. Yeah. I didn't expect a single person to vote him as bad. And that's my whole point is like, yeah. If you guys you, like, if you guys thought of neutral as he did his job, that's not neutral. Yeah. That's not neutral. That's good. Doing your job is good. Right. Neutral is like, Hey, there was a, there was an equal amount of bad and good that went along with this player's performance. And, and, and I think, I think that is the more accurate way to look at those terms. so, if you took it in a different way and voted accordingly, that's cool. That's actually the point. That's actually what my point was, right. was that I think people think of good and neutral as like, I think they think of that in the wrong way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So like, like crackpot saying neutral is what's expected of you. N- no, I I don't think that's true. What's expected of you is to perform right. well. Right. Like no one, no one takes on players that they want to just like, be a wash right and 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 that further you know that leans further to another question that was in chat was like If that if uh, what abadaga did was good play why waste an import slot for a role player? I don't think of that as being a role player either like being a non-carry is not necessarily being a role player. Right, now There's right, right. more room for debate in yeah. that. I think there's more merit in, in the, the You know the semantics of those words than there is between good and neutral um but It's like, let's look at how difficult it is to get a player who does, in my opinion, a good job, not a neutral job, but a good job of playing in that mid lane carry or not. We had not really gotten it right up to this point up until we got Abidaga, right? And think of how hard it was to solve that puzzle. Think of what any talent is available, all right? I am not sure you want to just quickly replace the mid laner who was the part of your roster that changed yeah. split to split and got you the championship right. Right. and played in a versatile way along the way. Yeah. Not sure you want to usher him out the door after one quote neutral week and a bad lock in. I agree. And I totally say bad lock in for sure. No one's hiding from that. So I, I think like I'm surprised. I'm just surprised that there's that because I, I think like, being a hundred T fan over the years, I think that should have taught us to be more patient with things like this.
0: Yeah. Well, and in, in, in this conversation we had after lock in, right? I went further than you. And I said, if he plays poorly for all of spring split, I think we would have to look at doing something else. Starting a different mid laner is kind of, I think where I landed. I hope I'm not trying to, you know, represent what I said more favorably. Um, I, I, I think that's gone now. Basically, you know, because he didn't. He hasn't played badly for even a week in the split yet. I mean, obviously anything can happen, right? We're not saying that he's. I'm not saying he's in the clear now for the rest of the time. Uh, the rest of his contract. Sure. Yeah. But I. I a couple things. You brought uh, but out.
1: I will say I'm not getting rid of him at all this this year.
0: Basically. Oh yeah. If
1: he has an entire bad split this this split, I'm still not getting rid of him unless Chovy's coming or whatever. <laughs>
0: couple of things you mentioned that I want to spend a little more time on. I think they're, they're within League fandom, I think there are a couple of things that make it harder for people to take a longer view of talent. And I think one of them is this idea that you have carries and you have role players. And I think there's actually you know it's like a binary. Or you're either going to carry the game for us or you're just a role player. You know, setting the carry up, basically. I think there's a there's a, a much wider spectrum there, and um, I think it. Demonte is probably closer to a role player in that we were very successful with him, on a certain comp, right where he had Max, Rome, Galio, TF. He could play side lanes, go mm-hmm. pressure.
1: He so had a role he had that he plays well.
0: A role to play well, and when he was on a control mage, for example, he didn't look nearly as good, and we weren't very successful, right? So. I think Abadaga has is he has not emerged as our primary carry threat nor and I don't think we're trying to play him in that way. So, I'm not surprised that he's not carrying games. Um, I think it would be weird if
1: he... We've was. seen him I just want to point out for the record, we've seen him carry yes. games last split. Yeah. We've yeah. we've seen, so we know that's in the toolkit.
0: Right. We know he can. And therefore, when I see him on a TF and he's playing a more Disrupt, like I was talking about, he's playing a more disruptive Kind of uh, Specific role It's, I'm not I'm, I don't view that as An underperformance from him I view that as us saying We already have two people Who are quickly winning us this game And by the way, Someday was on Gwen In CLG So that's three Who can, who can basically carry any fight We really needed him To use his kit to deliver a point and click stun on demand, and that's what he did. So, you know, it's I, I, I've said probably all I have to say on this. I'm getting close to that point where um, I don't. He's not a role player. He's not a role player. He has pl- done what the team needed in both of the games. We didn't talk about the Azir game at all. Um, he was not the Azir. He was not Bjergsen Azir. Where in a single team fight, he's hitting, you know, four people at all time with six sand soldiers doing, you know, like 8k damage in one team fight. Yeah, that wasn't his game, but he used the utility of the champion to blow key cooldowns, to disrupt fights, and to scoop people into the waiting arms of our carries who were getting... Fed.
1: Including in the winning fight of yeah. that game yes. was his
0: ult right. that did that. Right. Yeah,
1: um, so that's, that's I was I. Mean. Li- I I was laughing in the middle of what you said, sorry, just out of nowhere, because I mean, you, you, you talked about him playing the disruptive role on the TF and it just made me, it made me think of how apt the word disruptive is when you compare it to like the tech startup landscape. And it's like the company that is the first disruptor (laughs) usually crashes and burns. And that's what (laughs) happened to him. Right. He like showed up (laughs) disrupted and then burned to the ground. Yeah. Right. But it didn't matter because we still won. you know, that's. And he actually, uh, he actually managed to
0: survive. Some of those fights you had no business yeah, survive, he did you know he did.
1: He so. did that's very fair um so I think we've said enough on Abadaga. so I, I hope like I hope you guys get the point of what I'm saying i'm I'm not in any way suggesting that like, oh, you guys are like stupid, and I'm like the way I look at good versus neutral is the only way to look at it, but I think it is a more accurate way to look at it that will prevent um more hasty, hot-blooded decision making mm-hmm. uh, regarding. Your opinion on Abadaga Again We just won LCS We just beat EDG With this guy And he was a super important part of that He was the only piece that changed On the roster You know what I mean Like, yeah. like let's just Let's think about like what it means to play well Yeah And, and give him that credit Because I think he deserves it yeah. So enough on Abadaga That's our thing Um just two quick, quick things. Uh, one, I have a thing to watch for. Remember we we, t- we talked last split about like, maybe this is a thing. I forget what, it, we came up with a name for this segment. I think it
0: was close to that. Maybe this is it a was, thing. Yeah.
1: So so <laughs> we'll go with that for now. So maybe this is a thing. You alluded to it earlier. Early neutrals. I'm of the opinion right now that First Herald is very important. It's like the most important objective in the first 20 minutes. That's what it kind of seems like to my brain. Again, not a smart League of Legends guy, but that's, that's what it feels like. And, you know, dragons are always important because if you get dragons early, you're in a better position later on, right? You can force decision-making. I'm wondering, and this isn't like, this isn't a hundred percent like, consistency if you're a thing but I feel like maybe we're seeing signs of a tendency to lose out on the early neutrals. Okay. So maybe this is a thing and give us like two more weeks because it I think I think in the CLG game it was totally not, you know. Yeah. It was fine. Um but I just get a sense of that. So let's watch that and have a conversation in a couple of weeks cuz maybe this is a thing. <laughs>
0: And can then, I, um, can I provide a quick potential? Maybe this is a counter yeah, sure. to your maybe sure. Sure. Um, every once in a while on broadcast, the the casters will lambast a team for over investing in an early objective. Rift is a common one, right? Where it's like, mm. you got Rift, you you lost two guys getting it, and then you summon Rift and it got a charge, right? And a charge is worth like 180 gold, whatever. You can put a value on it if they get one charge. So, I I think it's possible for these early objectives to not be as big a deal if the team plays the rest of the game. Well, it's a gamble, right? Basically, the way I thought about the TL game is we gambled that giving them the first two Drakes would not end up mattering as much. And and I think that gamble paid off when we got the next four, right? Now, if you lose one of those, it can go very, very differently. You lose even one of those, and then you're on sole point, and they dictate the terms of the game. And where you have to be at all times. So it is is—it is certainly a risk. But at the end of the game, what's the value of the two Drakes that they had? Way less than if our gamble didn't pay off. Right. So for me, it's like, it's a risk. And I think that you can, as a team, decide to lean into the risk. And you could be rewarded for that, right? Because when they're but, getting Drake, you could be off getting FBI some plates, right? Like there are yeah, other
1: things. I, I think the caster's point was like like the value of a rift charge is in terms of gold is the same as a kill. So if you give over a kill, right, gold wise it's a it's a wash. But the point is like it's not really just about the gold. Yeah. It's also about the tempo. It's like about you have to respond to Rift Herald because if it gets to your turret and you're not there, yeah. it can turn into a full turret, into a second charge. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like Jungle Juice said on our pod about League of Legends being a chess game. That is a very critical chess piece yeah. to, you know, to be able to deploy. And it, it does it more mid. than just the gold value. So I don't know. Yeah. It's just, maybe this is the thing and maybe it's not, and maybe my read on the importance of first rift isn't accurate. too.
0: So I'm, I'm ready. Cole.
1: Let's just talk in a couple of weeks.
0: So yes. I'm ready to return to this topic because I think it'll be an interesting one. If we can continue to lean into that risk without basically being punished.
1: Yeah. And then uh, the, the one last thing before we just uh, go to listener takes and then next week predictions um, is I, you know, we, and we did a tiny bit of this, but I, I want to do it in, a, in just a more robust way uh, is our overall impressions of the context of this weekend. I know for me. How we respond to lock in was going to be extremely critical. Like, just imagine how you'd feel if we went zero and two this weekend after that lock-in okay and then remember that the players feel that pressure and the the difficulty of that way more keenly than we do right Mm -hmm. even if we go one for like say we lose to tl yes and we beat clg it's like well it was just clg right you know what i mean and so like we we're just in such a radically different place based on this the performance of this weekend But not just that, it's how we did it. We talked about being calm and calculated, having faith in each other and having faith in the game plan. That's what winners do. That's what teams who are used to winning do. That's what teams who are conditioned to win do. And I I like think about sports, you know, always. I think about like, you know, think about the the dynastic college basketball teams Mm -hmm. that just expect to win. Like Duke expects... To win right. And they're not Going to be frazzled They're not going to be Pushed off of what They're doing If they drop a game To an unranked team In the regular season You know what I mean Like that just Doesn't ruffle them
0: mm-hmm.
1: Now Lock-in was bad Man Unequivocally bad Yeah And The The eyes of Of the League of Legends World was on 100 Thieves <laughs> yeah. Deservedly so Because of that And what did we do We said we got this <clears throat> And we, we went out And got two very solid indisputable wins yeah one against the lock-in champion yeah right <laughs> so i i feel like the culture change that's happened at hundred thieves it's it like it used to be nade shot management right it's like we want wins we expect wins and then it felt like the league of legends program was like all right we'll give it a shot But now the culture is, this is a winning program. Right. We're going to win. We're not going to be like scared by, you know, a misstep in the plan because we have the larger view. And so kudos to the players for having that mentality. Kudos to the coach. Kudos to uh, the GM. Kudos to the culture over at 100 Thieves because this feels like a team that expects to win. And, that is a good thing to have as a fan. For sure. I, I was a Jets fan in NFL for a long, long time. That was not a team that expected to win. <laughs> I know what it feels like to be on the other side. Yeah. Um, this is good, man. Mm-hmm. We are in a good spot.
0: Yeah. And uh, well said. The only thing I'll add is um uh, flight check, put us at sixth in his power rankings. He was getting some meme for that, right? He's catching it. But let me tell you, if we lose to TL, which we very well could have, they are riding high. We are coming in low, right? As you know, just if you look only at lock-in results, we lose to them and we beat CLG. Eh, about six, probably seems right, you know. So <laughs> yeah. um, that is that is what I think the the important thing to remember is with this early game, just how much different uh the position of the, or- the the program could be right now right um so it feels good it Feels good to get the win uh and i think that all the stuff we've talked about gives me more confidence this is not just like a tl didn't this happen last time? the the lock-in winner like was tired or something and then didn't play as well at the start of the yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so i don't think this is that i think we're just good i think we're legitimately good I think we are too. All
1: right, so let's uh, knock out the rest of the listener takes uh, that we pulled for this week and then make our predictions on the following week. Um, and since you mentioned Curly, let's start with Sandwich, Perfect. who says, Curly may be the best-looking member of Flychat Crew, but his power ranking skills belong in the trash. <laughs> so we have to mention this. Curly has been trying to pick some fights with us uh, in our Discord and on stream, and he got his Just Desserts this weekend I'm gonna hopefully offer, he's not right in the long term
0: <laughs> offer the, the contrasting here, which is, i think that was actually a smart take to make because he looks like the smartest guy in the room if we lose to tl which i don't think is is an outlandish thing for us to to view as a, a possible outcome of that game so i will be a contrarian and say Curly, i see where you're coming from not the worst take i've ever seen would look good after week one it's not
1: the worst take i'd ever seen that would belong to it's chase who called for Abadaga's replacement
0: there you
1: go sorry dude andrew i i'm just having fun with you i like
0: (laughs) you man i like you
1: i think he's i think he said he's listening in the car so he's probably raging in his commute now (laughs) sorry man yeah i just disagree with that uh mont asks and we we actually i don't think we answered this question directly so it's good mont asks do you think us playing a lot slower is an intentional stylistic change? Or do you think it has to do with some other factors? We used to have done enough damage to the other team by like 15 minutes to almost guarantee that we would win. Now our games are close, up to about 30 minutes. So I think the, the question that we haven't answered is, are we intentionally um, playing a slower strategy? Or is it just kind of being like, is that, is that, are, are we dealing that card or are the cards being dealt to us?
0: I think that this is um, a continuation of what we talked about in lock-in. I think the changes to the game, specifically the TP change has, has made it so that we cannot snowball our lead to an insurmountable point at eight minutes. Right. I think that's what this is, Um, which I think is actually good. Obviously, if, if that's how this ends up going, right. That's a longer term thing. We've only got two games now of the season to kind of put this through. Um, I think that's better for the overall quality of the game, honestly, that, that you know, the, the games have felt closer, I would say, not, not sure. all them, obviously, but like, I think Riot is doing things to try to make the games feel closer for longer. I think this is one outcome of that. Um, and I will give us credit for recognizing, I think we didn't appreciate that as much in lock-in as we should have, and I think that we adjusted really well this weekend. Uh, to the reality of that situation and play better. So, yeah,
1: I agree with our, our adjustments to the context. I think you made that point really well in the last time on pod, but I will say we had some absolute speed runs during lock-in. So <laughs> not, I'm not <laughs> sure that riots moves are yielding that desired result.
0: But They're trying. We'll see. They can't. They can't we'll make every game be close, but they're trying to make sure that we don't blow things out. There were out. some
1: straight speed <laughs> runs, bro. There were not a few. There were many. <laughs> okay. These um, next two kind of actually let's let's go to Crockpot's take, and then we'll do one more. So Crockpot said, "Classic Hundred T is what we saw this weekend. I'm happy that we won and continue to win with this, but it will be figured out." I don't know if we have any other strat that looks as good. Until they prove otherwise, I will have my doubts. The opposite is true. Play it till they beat us. So, sounds like Crockpot, and he can correct us in chat, sounds like Crockpot thinks that um, this is the the way that we, this is the only way that we know how to play and win. And he's worried that teams will start preparing for it and we won't be able to to execute the strategy. So, your thoughts on that, Teg?
0: I think that Standard League is always a safe way to, to be able to play the game very well. You know, like you could look at it, the lineup aside from Aphelios, I, I feel like we had some old champs going um, specifically against TL. So, you know, it, we're, not, we're not using the shiny new tech. We didn't see Vex. We didn't see Zeri. Like, Gwen's relatively new. Gwen's relatively new, but that was a second game. Um, and even that, you know. So, anyway, my point being get good at standard. Because that is a harder thing to prepare a hard counter against. Um,
1: I wonder if he means like the way we actually play the game more than like standard league. Like, uh, yeah. In fact, he just said in chat. So the so drag the game out to thirty minutes yeah. and be the better team at team that's fighting. Typically, what that standard was definitely is, so. the mo of the first first hundred thieves iteration we saw. Right, was right. like, yeah, just be better at
0: the fights. Like it's front to back team fighting, right? It's scaling. Like that, that kind of league is a good one to be really good at. And I think we are really good at it. And I think that's what we're showing. And I almost feel like you can worry less about the shiny new tech while you're winning games with that, have it ready so that if you feel like, but here's the thing, unless somebody comes up with shiny new tech that can beat standard, which is harder to do than I think um, the inverse, then just collect your free wins, right? Like have closer or FBI take over a game and then win it
1: yeah it's and and it's certainly the style of play that's least likely to be patched out yes right? exactly if you're fly quest you're feeling a little bit worse about that scenario yeah about you know my our play style getting patched out yep. um so and 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 you know we we have seen things like closer take over the game super early um the as you mentioned tp changes may prevent us from doing like our, our bot dives and mm-hmm. everything that we want to yeah. do um jab. So I guess there's some adaptation there, but I mean, we saw part of that adaptation, which was to play it slower, right? This past weekend. And, you know, maybe we'll see some innovation. I'm not, I'm not worried. Cause like I said, I think the, the style of play that we're playing now is one that's very, like we're very confident in, and it's very likely to succeed more often than not. So yeah, we'll see, but it's good to have your eye on things like that because, you know, last split, uh, we did, Make it, make a name and make an impact. Playing a little differently with like how aggressive yeah. we were on, on the bot side, right? Forcing I mean, things out. So we'll we'll see. And and I, it's not like standard league hasn't really been consistently figured out. You know how to counter it. It's it's yeah. like there's been metas where you you can do it, right. right? But like on the whole, it's been the longest lasting yeah. style. So we'll see. I, I mean, I again we saw. Very little in lock in, and we've got one weekend of games yeah. under our belt. So let's just see. But as long as we're winning, we're winning.
0: I, and I think poke champs can be a really hard thing for a standard setup like that, a team comp like that to respond to. And I've, I've seen that used against us as well. So, absolutely, there will be people who try different things and find success with them. This will not be the same draft we run, you know, 20 times or how many games there are. Um, I look at C9. Right right now is like they're at the forefront of crazy stuff going on, um but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they have fudge in mid lane, and he's just he just doesn't have the same number of reps on a lot of the kind of like the standard team fighting comp champs mm. I would guess like he i don't it would seem that he doesn't feel as confident in those or um you know at least that's one thing you have to wonder about since they're not playing a ton of it aside from victor so.
1: Or he's just a puppet being controlled by
0: LS. Also possible. We, haven't, we can't rule that out.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm not going to say what I was about to say. I'll tell you that <laughs> off stream. Um, two more takes that are kind of related to each other uh, as one topic of conversation. Uh, Osmar P18 said, is a six-man roster really needed mm, for us? someday has been playing so good, in my opinion, it'd be almost criminal to sub him out. Hmm.
0: I'll let you take this one, cold, hmm. please.
1: <laughs> no, I've said so much about this. I've said so much about this that yeah, I I don't see the need for it other than I get the long term development of tenacity. I understand it. Will we see it then? What are we, we didn't see it this weekend? We saw one game in lock in. Are we gonna see tenacity next week? Who knows? I don't think we can really talk about this anymore until we see or don't see tenacity, mm-hmm. you know, a couple more times. But So would, let's
0: yeah, I would agree. I think somebody looks great.
1: Yeah, I think someday looks great too. Uh, JC on this topic, uh, JC said someday seems back on form, and we know he's 1v1ing Tenacity to get better, which is actually a very interesting way to like flip the coin, uh, flip the perspective. I mean, on, on someday and Tenacity is because it's like, yeah, someday's probably getting, you know, the benefit of, of playing against Tenacity and, and them sharing info. Like, if, he, if he's the new spark that like makes someday rise to the, the challenge, you know, that's great. So, you know, that's defensible. But uh, JC says maybe we pick up a seventh player to 1v1 Abadaga to get his mechanics in top. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes, please. Let's, Let's go from six to
1: seven, baby.
0: <laughs> I want that seven man roster. Six is not enough. Seven. I think actually you said 10 man earlier, and I like that. Wait to 10. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it is an interesting thought. Like, is, the, is someday doing very well attributable to tenacity? Maybe so, maybe partly. I thought someday played great during playoffs and Worlds, so I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't know. Maybe okay. they were already doing that with Tenacity at that time. Who Let's knows? See. I have no doubts that Tenacity is a good player, and I want to see him. Yeah. I want to see him develop. I want to see him be in the LCS. I just hate, I just hate more than five. I want to see him at the right five.
0: time. When the yeah. moment is right. Probably. Ooh,
1: that sounds romantic.
0: Uh, and I don't blame you. He's a
1: handsome guy. Okay, next week let's look, let's look at next week, Jordan. Yeah. On Saturday we go up against the O and two Immortals Progressive. Is it Immortals Progressive or Progressive Immortals? I think
0: progressive. And immortal. Progressive
1: Immortals means it more. Yeah, it's more descriptive. So they probably Immortals Progressive. Uh, o and two, yeah. they lost to Dignitas and they lost to Team Liquid.
0: Thoughts toss is a better team than people thought they were at the beginning of the season. Uh Team Liquid is a good team. So this is not the worst and 2 you could have coming into the second week. I think we beat them. Um I think Immortals seems like a lost organization in a lot of ways. Um, I don't think that they have what it takes to beat us. Cool.
1: Yeah. Uh someone made an interesting point. I didn't actually have this take in the rundown, but and I forget who was. Maybe they're in chat and they'll step up, but uh, they said, you know, sometimes we do not as well against teams who are performing poorly but feel they have something to prove against us in particular. Because, yeah. you know, we talked about this last year. When you become the best team in the LCS or like one of the best teams, then the target's on your back and teams prep for you. Right. You know what I mean? It's like if if we are on the schedule and Dignitas is on the schedule, they're choosing us to prepare for, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and so that can kind of become a thing where uh, teams will overperform against us. Um, so there is that possibility. Even if that happens, I don't see Immortals um, taking us down. I, I was watching their vods from this past weekend, and I, like I felt like they were really disconnected when it came to like fights. I feel like Xerxe's on a different page than the rest of his team. So I'm like, I'm not high on Immortals at all. Not that that's a unique thought, but I like, I don't think it's going to be close in particular. So that brings us to Sunday against the one in one EG, who won against TSM but lost. To Soraka mid of C9. Mm. And they looked, if I recall, they kind of looked in control of that game for a long time until all of a sudden they weren't. Yeah. So that one's a little more tricky. What do you think?
0: Um, EG's an interesting matchup for us. I think uh, if I had to say you know, like that's a team that I feel like they have enough skill at different positions, like Danny. Being a, a one, like, I don't think Danny is our foil or anything, but he just is, he is one of those players that has a crazy high carry potential. Um, It would Danny's be interesting good. to see. Danny's good. Uh, JoJo Pune, I think, had a rough game on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, Um, when they lost. Like, I think he had a, a pretty, he got popped. Um, I don't
1: remember. Can I say something about JoJo Pune?
0: Yeah.
1: He's, he's my hoonie. Mm. I don't get it everybody seems to be all about judge a I, I have no dislike for the guy, no disrespect for him. I just don't get it. I don't get the hype. Um, I think he's looked good at times he's and I think young. he's looked not good at times. Yeah. yeah he's young. He's NA. Maybe that's high it. Variance.
0: But so I, anyway. just,
1: I don't see it, man. That's going to be my Hooney for the year.
0: Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I, you know how I feel about hooney. I love that. Love me some Hooney. Um, so there are, there, are, I think in my mind, they're a high variance team right now. Meaning, if they show up and they are, they've been preparing for us over the other opponent they have on the weekend. They could do something. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take us. I'm gonna continue to bet on us. I'm gonna do my regular prediction thing where I just bet on us until until the team proves that I should reconsider at some point. But yeah, two L well for us, easy.
1: uh it, over in my camp, Jordan. I got that feeling. Mm-hmm. You know how I need. I stay true. I stay true. I predict what I feel is going to happen. Yes. I feel a loss coming against DG <laughs> okay. and I think it may be impact. So impact has looked yeah. good to me. And we know that more often than not, he, he sort of functions as a kryptonite for someday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the team is kind of internally a little bit, not, not scared is the wrong word. I think our team internally rates EG really high. And, the, you know, we said pre lock and we were the ones who put them in the other group right. because that means both that we don't have to face them in the first, you know, first rounds, but also that we get to scrim against them um, because the scrim blocks, you know, t- for the teams, they, the scrim teams in other groups. Um, so I think we internally rate them high, which may make us a little on edge. Um, and then, yeah, I just get that feeling that impact is going to pull something and we know we've, we've, you know, we have PTSD flashbacks for Danny's uh, erasure of our team um in playoffs last year. I don't know. I just get that feeling. And I, I, if it happens, if EG beats us, so say we like, we beat immortals handily, lose a close one to EG. Even if we lose like a medium one to EG where it's like, yeah, they, mm-hmm. they won. It wasn't close, but as long as we don't get blown out by them, I'm going to feel the same. Yeah. I'm going to feel the same about this team. So, mm-hmm. um, that's what you can expect next week. Prophet Cole has spoken. Okay. Uh, sorry. Just got to call it the way I feel it.
0: You know? Got to do what you got to do, Cole. Got to be true to yourself.
1: True to yourself. Follow your heart. Yeah. Uh, my heart that. is to predict a loss, but to always root for us. That's right. And CLG now, now that we got the former <laughs> thieves there. That's right. Um, all right. So that's going to do it for the podcast this week. We've got Reckley coming up this Thursday. I think we may switch up the game. Uh, Jordan and I haven't made concrete plans yet, um, but we'll let you know. Uh, follow us on Twitter and in our Discord for announcements on Rec League. That's where you can find that. And it should be a really, really good time. Um, anything else, Jordan, before we go? Yep,
0: that's it. Well, that's done. We've covered it all.
1: We've done it all. And uh, so with that, we will say we love you and we miss you already. Take care. Bye.
0: All I ever asked is one, honey. L.A., yeah. L.A. Is crazy is one, honey. All I ever asked is
1: one.